Bannister, Josh. <laughs> Hi, and I'm St. Vincent's criminal bad, Juan. <laughs> and welcome to Hot Local Singles. What did you do? What's your rap sheet like? White collar crime, I don't know, best-selling financial. Oh, Rich people crimes. Oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why no one like has any pity for her story. Oh my god. Hi, listener. Welcome to the pop music podcast in question. <laughs> Hot Local Singles. We're back for more. We um, couldn't stay away. We're going to write some music today. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we got, Juan? So for this episode, we got R&B Masters and Richard. We have Psychedelic Rock Queen St. Vincent. We have Japanese Rock Queen's Chai. We have, guess you where? We have Fallen and Lizzie Banks. We have Gay Guy in Denial Bleachers and Ooh. the Queen of Alternative herself, the mother to many fags in the world, yeah. Miss Elizabeth Grant. And I am her banister. <laughs> <laughs> so you're blue. Maybe I'll be blue another day. I think I'm green today, actually. Blue like my balls? Really, huh? It's rough over there in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> that curfew's really adding up. <laughs> that was um the banter. That was a banter off the top. Cheeky banter, if you couldn't tell. Where we just kind of shoot the shit and burrow out. <laughs> you really did brown. Someone even talked about their balls. That's really yeah, so yeah. St. Vincent's dad talked about his balls. <laughs> he wouldn't shut up. That's why he's in prison. <laughs> white collar crime is talking about your balls. Your white balls, yeah. <laughs> so should we start talking about the music, the reason why people joined us in the first place? We could. We have some, I feel like we have drama to start off oh, with, don't we? we? Do have, let's start with some drama for sure. So I don't have anything on my screen. I do have something in the screen, the screen being my memory. And you have I'm, something on your memory <laughs> screen? I'm picturing very clearly a picture of <laughs> Dua Lipa and I'm seeing Bella Hadid and Gigi Hadid. Yep. Yeah. Kind of cut and pasted in their most <laughs> unflattering poses. Yeah. There was a, like a, what, a full page ad in the New York Times the, the other day mm-hmm. that said, dun, dun, dun. let me actually whip out the real image because my memory is failing me right now. <laughs> I am geriatric zoomer after all. Your memory screen? Bella, Gigi, and Dua, comma. Hamas calls for a second Holocaust. Condemn them now. The ad was paid for by what is apparently, I didn't know this, a very right wing, um, Zionist group. This ad, this ad was organized, produced, and paid for. So they mean someone did this shitty Photoshop by yeah. the World Values Network. Rabbi Shmuley Botega. I'm not going to pronounce the last name, but uh, as I mentioned, a somewhat right wing organization that I'm not familiar with at all. But mm. immediately there was like a bit of a backlash to being like, "This is ridiculous." Like, Dua did respond to it. Oh. Yeah, she posted something like, uh, I think last night posted a story just being like, this is ridiculous. Or she said, I utterly reject the false and appalling allegations that were published today in the New York Times, advertisement taken out by World Values Network. This is the Mm. price you pay for defending Palestinian human rights against an Israeli government whose actions in Palestine, both Human Rights Watch and the Israeli human rights group B'Tselem, accused of persecution and discrimination. So, of course, Mm. listener, if you are awake or a human being in the last couple of weeks, there was a lot of violence in Palestine from Israel, mostly to Palestine. Mm-hmm. And there was a ceasefire, I think a couple of days ago, they sort of like chilled down a bit. Um, right in time for Eurovision, interestingly. Interestingly, actually. And and yeah, so like a lot of celebrities were, no, celebrities, with, with this issue, celebrities are very quiet. I feel like celebrities never speak on it because they know there is like a big like Zionist movement in America. Mm. So they don't want to really anger anyone. And the only yeah. ones who spoke that I can remember at the top of my head were these three women. Yeah. Because they have ties specifically to Palestine and that Gigi and Bella are Palestinian by Mohammed Hadid and mm-hmm. Dua is dating their brother. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm sure she's heard a lot about Palestinian rights. And I don't even know what Dua said. I don't even know what got her in trouble. Well, they didn't get in trouble, did they? I mean, yeah, I they guess, didn't get in trouble. No, I yeah, guess yeah. they got attention. They got media yeah. attention. But it's—I think it's bold, honestly. Like 
like the Palestinian and Israeli conflict has been raging for what years? More than yeah, I mean, like forever. Forty-seven, I don't know. And like, yeah, it's true. Like, it wasn't a trending topic the way it has been. Like, it's, I feel like it's having its Black Lives Matter moment in mm. the public eye and in the celebrity eye too. So for like these three, some of the most popular people in the world to um, have statements. Yes, it's kind of based on family ties, but it's it's a new one. No, no, totally. I think, I think it's actually pretty, if there's one thing that is like a brave thing to say still, this is one of the few things, because I do think there's like a big, strong, like hold on the American imagination of like Israel. Like if you're not a leftist, you sort of sympathize with Israel because of like history Mm -hmm. and like Jewish history. But I do think that it was, it's bold of them to come out and support Palestine. Again, I don't remember exactly what they said. I don't know. I don't know. It's not that I remember. I just don't know. But I know that, for example, Bella has been very... I remember there's like, like iconic pictures of her from like 2015 out in another Palestine prote- protest. Palestine protest. But like most celebrities do like the, the two sides thing. Like Kim Kardashian came out with like, I hate violence, you know, whereas these girls kind of just pointed the finger more directly at the source of the violence being the colonial state of Palestine, of Israel, sorry. So yeah, you're right. They didn't get in trouble. They just got an ad calling them out. And I think that the general sense that I get, at least within our circles, is mostly pro-Palestine. So if anything, this gives them like a positive image, right? If you're anyone who like is actually versed in the conflict and not invested in the Israeli state, you would probably be like, oh, well, that's good for them that they did that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And yeah, like not receiving money from Zionist organizations or whatever. It's a really funny Photoshop. I'm looking at it right now. Like, I mean, when you really look at it, it's crazy. <laughs> like the biggest text is Bella, Gigi, and Dua, comma. And then mm-hmm. you have their three faces all looking to the right, in which we see an airstrike over Israel. <laughs> like, come on. Like, are you joking? Hamas calls for a second Holocaust. Yeah. The Zionists stay using like anti-Semitism and... In, like invoking the Holocaust to describe mm-hmm. essentially Palestinians fighting back essentially against a massive government campaign against them. Condemn them now, they say. I mean, it, it makes them look cooler to me, but I already already knew that, I didn't know about Dua, but I already know, knew the Hadiths are very vocal mm-hmm. about this issue. Yeah, it makes them look like renegades. Like, yeah. no one's ever thought of them that way. <laughs> yeah. And we need like Yolanda in the top corner <laughs> with her lemons. <laughs> <laughs> queen, lime queen, lime rights queen. Uh, lime rights, lemon <laughs> rights. Clear refrigerator queen. Oh, I meant Lyme disease. Oh, I know. Okay. <laughs> but it's funny. Sorry, last thing. It's funny because do what didn't do I get in trouble last year for saying something about Albanian nationalism or something? She got in, she gets in trouble often for expressing her politics. Huh. And I respect her because she's with Ariana Grande. She's the only pop star I know who supported Bernie last year mm. that I can remember at the top of my head. So I respect Dua's politics, I think. That's surprising. Yeah, guess I do too. But yeah, the girlies are fighting the good fight and we can move on to someone who's fighting the fight of revitalizing R&B music. Is that too rough of a segue, listener? <laughs> uh, her name is Dawn. Her last name, Richard. Mm-hmm. She is famous for having been in the band Danity Kane. And I think she's the only one out of that group that still makes music. Aubrey O'Day is busy being like dating the Trumps, one of the Trumps, and then like just being like a media uh, socialite. Damn. <laughs> and looking insane. Have you seen Ar- Aubrey O'Day's face nowadays? No. She really went ham with the fillers. So mm-hmm. I have to say. But we're talking about Don, the talented, the talented one of Danity Kane. Just released an album called Second Line, and what do we think about it? Uh, I like Dawn. Yeah, Dawn's consistently putting out music. <laughs> so that's good. Is it just me, or did like discussing Israel kind of bring down the mood? <laughs> I think it's like a very somber topic, and then move on to... <laughs> I'm so warm, too. Jesus, summer is here. We got Israel in the chat, Palestine in the chat, <laughs> Don Richard in the chat. So yeah, we're including the song called Jacuzzi from her album Second Line, but it's a it's such an album's album, you know, like it yeah, it has all the transitions, the spoken yeah. words from her mom, and like all that shit. 
I think actually Jacuzzi has that kind of yeah. interview with her mom at the top about her Creole yeah. background. I love the melodies in Jacuzzi, but a spoken word element like that always throws me off a bit. Right. Like like the first full minute or something, it's just yeah, too much. Quite a bit. I really love the production in Jacuzzi. Yeah, yeah. She's notorious for those spoken word things, but mm-hmm. I it's a good album. Um, mm-hmm. Listener Jack was saying on Discord he pre-ordered the vinyl, and it's such okay. a... It's such a collectible vinyl. Like, this would sound great mm. front to back. In fact, it does sound great front to back. <laughs> the cover's cute, too. There's something about Dawn that we love the production of her music, but it never mm. clicks fully. Like, she never makes it into the radar of even either mainstream music or even, like, indie blogs and stuff. She never really makes it. And it's, it's a shame because the production of her music really is... Like, no one's doing such adventurous R&B, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think where this album specifically struggles with me or why I think it doesn't, it hasn't hit the public consciousness is that she's missing melodic elements a lot. And I feel like a lot of her verses sometimes end up being hard to listen to. And also what mm-hmm. you said, there's a lot of like spoken word. You have to work a lot mm-hmm. for her music, I think is the issue. Yeah. If you work for it, it's really rewarding, but I think the work of it puts some people off it. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I don't love a spoken... I like a spoken word when it's like a house track and it's like some like stupid, like, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like someone just saying like, touch me and fuck me. And I just like whispery <laughs> and like, but this is a bit... It's time like, for the wigulator. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree that the spoken word here is just a bit, just doesn't really add actually that much musically to the track Mm -hmm. interestingly it starts the album starts off so immediate like did you listen to nostalgia it's the first song after the intro it kind Mm -hmm. of acts as a secondary intro like it's really just about the percussion it's like layers and layers of rhythm it's really catchy actually Mm -hmm. and then it kind of snatches it away from you right at the end and uh kind of sends you into the rest of the album it's great for our first song Mm-hmm. But it's more of a beat, you know? It's just like a, sh- a showcase for like how good her produce her producer is or her production is or, or her taste is. That's um, it. Snaps to that because I was about to say, I think Dawn's biggest thing is her ear. Mm-hmm. Every Dawn album has some element of production that I'm like, wow, this is so impressive. You really know how to choose the right producers or like, or like the right work. And I don't mean that in a shady way. I do think she's a really ta- talented singer. I do think uh, she's a great dancer too. She is great at melodies at times, but I do think that it just needs more vocal hooks overall. Like, mm. and I'd say this from from like being a fan that I want her to just be bigger than she is. You know, I want her to really blow up and like. Yeah. Well, thank you, Don. Hotter local on the binary. Be honest. Thank you for your service, Don. Do I have to be honest? No, I think it's hot. It's hot. Okay. You're, are you doubting my answer? It's a Palestine <laughs> on the binary. <laughs> the binary. So stupid. <laughs> <laughs> we both just looked at each other and like, <laughs> here comes our first constellation. Mama. How can we make the conflict fun? <laughs> and, about, and about us. <laughs> and about all local singles. Oh, Jesus. Okay, next song. Wait, you didn't answer the question. Oh, hot. Yeah, for sure. Okay. We like her. We like her. She's like creative. Her. It's too weird to be local. Yeah, it's too weird to be local. You're right. So we have a new album by a little-known artist named St. Vincent. It's called Daddy's Home. This song that we're going to talk about is called Live in the Dream. Isn't that right? Yeah, I, I kind of added this song, and I regret it because it is very slow, as <laughs> you will surely point out. Um, yeah. But I put it because, so it's Live in the Dream and it's like the more epic journey in the album. It's like, it's like the one that has like a composition where like, it, I don't know, it takes you a lot of places. And it's very, it's the most like Pink Floydian in the album. So oh my Lord, yeah. Listener, the album Daddy's Home is like inspired by 70s rock, so very psychedelic vibes, very like... I don't know. It's been compared to Pink Floyd. It's been compared to what else has it been compared to? Seventies rock, psychedelic, whatever. Fleetwood Mac dreams. <laughs> <laughs> this the album has been doing great in like reviews and shit, but it's not doing very well. And specifically, Pitchfork gave it a really bad review. And 
I think the internet sort of doesn't like the pastiche element of it. So the album is very straight up and very in-your-face 70s. Like, the rollout was incredibly that. And I think that's what doesn't help with the perception of people that is just pastiche is that the visuals leading up to the album were like so in your face that, and she was definitely like mocking it and using it as like a joke. But I think that it backfired in the sense that it just, it's too much of that aesthetic and it just came to taint the rest of the album. But I think that musically it's a pretty good effort. Like if you are someone who likes psychedelic rock, if you're someone who as a teenager enjoyed Pink Floyd and I'm not naming any names, but yes, that that is myself. This is a pretty good album. I think that just like it's musically interesting. It's a bit daring. It is very referential. It is. I do do think those criticisms are right. Like I don't think Saint Vincent is reinventing the wheel. I don't think she's bringing anything new, but she's playing without sound really well. And there's a few tracks that I really enjoyed. So Living the Dream, I really enjoy. It's like a really slow. It's almost seven minute track, very rock and roll. As Italy said, rock and roll is not dead. Mm-hmm. I love songs like Somebody Like Me, it's kind of country, love it. Candy Darling, also love it. Just like very melodic and very beautiful to me. But then there's moments in the album that just are like all over the place. Like the singles, the melting of the sun was okay, but then the first single, Pay Your Winning Pain, is just, that really didn't click for me at all. And that's the, the album opener. It's very, all over the place. Too loose, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's too loose. Yeah, what do you think about it? Let me shut up for a second. <laughs> uh, well, St. Vincent's sixth record is Unbound, a wild symphony of the everyday, <laughs> an unyielding masterpiece. No music Please. has ever sounded quite like shut it. <laughs> Cut the mic. Cut his mic that ass right now. <laughs> um, no, I'm just, I'm just joshing. For me, you're right. You mentioned it would be too slow for me, and it obviously is. Like, It's like... What song were we talking about? Um, Living the Dream. Living the Dream, yeah. It's like 10 BPM. <laughs> it is. I like almost died. <laughs> Where's the drop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you texted me. That was really funny. <laughs> I think somehow, I don't know, the saying Vincent lost her good faith because when you read this Pitchfork review, they were just like looking for something to nail her. Hmm. And the review includes moments such as this, where the writer says, it's odd, for example, that two songs on the album refer to calling the cops or 911 in light of the past year's uprisings against police brutality. So as I mentioned earlier, the album some has like autobiographical elements about her dad being in jail for God knows what white crime, white collar crime. <laughs> so there's references to jail and there's references to cops. Um, but I found it really bizarre for Pitchfork to be like, demanding her to address Black Lives Matter in an album about her dad, her dad going to jail for embezzlement. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think it's a bit of like a extraneous review. Like, they're not taking the album for what it is, and they're like asking St. Vincent to make something that the album is not. So I find it to be a bit like, if not dishonest, I do feel like somehow she lost the like, I don't know, Pitchfork loved her, and for some reason they turned like F-words. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. If you like, okay, yeah, David Bowie, that's what I was like losing my mind about. If you like David Bowie, you'll like some tracks. If you like Pink Floyd, you'll like some other tracks. I am a very stoner vibe kind of person, and I love slow tracks like the one that we were discussing. And I think that the moment, the album in general, just is like really beautiful melodic moments. I think St. Vincent is a great musician, and the guitar on this shit is fucking amazing. Like, I think it's like at times like just transcendental. Like it really is like an album that you can smoke a joint and you'll like melt a bit. Um, I do agree with everyone's criticisms. I do think it's two seventies. I do think that she just like doesn't reinvent it in a way that is interesting. I do. While I don't think that she should have mentioned Black Lives Matter specifically, I do think that there's a way to update those concerns of that time to today and make it a bit more like okay, you're still Saint Vincent. Like it has. Both of her feet are in the 70s. She needs one foot in the 2020s for it to become a bit more impactful. So I get that. Um, and yes, like the visuals are like just too much. It's, it's a bit too cosplay of the 70s and it, she did really need to bring it in. But I think musically it's great. And that's just my vibe. That's just my subjective opinion. And if you don't like it, 
then go listen to something else. So how do you feel about the 6.7 then on Pitchfork? I think it's unfair. It's unfair. I think it's a criticism not of the music. I think that if you sat down and had play from start to finish this album without knowing who St. Vincent is or without knowing the story, mm-hmm. you couldn't give this a 6.7. I think that it's like musically way more impressive than that. Mm-hmm. And that's just my opinion. I think that what the tracks from this album is St. Vincent herself. She like fucks it up a bit right. in the sense that she's such a rock artist, like, she, like an indie artist, like she makes, she doesn't make pop, but then she's been recently trying with this like poppy and element of reinvention, very Madonna, where like each era has to be specifically about this. And to me, that's very pop. Like when you have a 70s era, that's something that the pop girls do. Mm. So maybe I think that just doesn't translate as well for her. And I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know. Some of the lyrics are very corny. So yeah, maybe I'm blinded by the musicality of it all because it is after all music. <laughs> so I am I am a bit blinded by how like amazing the guitar s- sound in this and the instrumentation and production, but perhaps lyrically it is a weak album. Interesting. Thank you, Juan, for taking <laughs> the reins. Thank you, the needle drop. <laughs> Thank you, the needle drop. Thank you, St. Vincent's dad, I believe, <laughs> is my co-host. Yeah, that's my middle name. Hot or local? St. Vincent, daddy's home. Thumbs down, I'm seeing on the screen. Local, okay. Yeah, I think it's a local. Yeah. We have another album for you, listeners. Chai, a Japanese girl group. Absolutely adorable at all times. Um, they have an album called Wink, the campaign for which has been months long. My only complaint is the typography on the fucking cover. Like, it's such a cute photo of them kind of pressing their heads together and just being cute. Like, it, it's instantly, it instantly catches your attention. But then there's this, like, really dated, like, super thin sans serif font. It really gives me, like, I don't know, Lana Del Rey phone app. You know what I mean? <laughs> Excuse yourself. Sorry, maybe that's for later. <laughs> no, But yeah. anyways, it's, yeah. a gr- it's a great album. Like, it's, they're basically a rock, a rock group, like a girl group. Um, the first song I ever heard from them was Action. Yeah. I caught it one week on a New Music Friday playlist at the very bottom. It was the last song <laughs> on the New Music Friday playlist. And I saw like a peak of the cover art and I was like, okay, this is the underdogs for me, you know? Right. So Action's a smash hit. I love that song. It's so cute and so catchy. Mm. The song I included for us to stream these this week is Karage by Chai. Did you listen? Mm-hmm. What did you think? It's kind of, what, like surf rock, garage rock? Mm-hmm. I listened to it and some other tracks, and actually the, this one was my favorite out of all of them. Yeah, I yeah. think I chose well. Yeah, I like it. Um, it's pretty, it's, I think the best way to describe it is, it is cute. That's pretty yeah. condescending, though. Um, it does get a little, um, what's the word? Pandery, almost. It's yeah. like really cute. It's like, okay... We get it. It's like you're really playing up the Japanese-ness, you know? And I will say one, I love, there's some pretty wacky instrumentation that I think was really cool. Like the drum elements of it were really cool. But some Mm -hmm. of the synthy vibes gave me too much constantly easy listening vibes at times. Mm -hmm. And I think it has to do with the the vibe that they're harvesting as like a cutesy Right. Sort of like Muzak kind of vibes. I think it's a great album, though. I really enjoyed it. But I do think that at times it got a bit like, okay. I bet, yeah, I was like, maybe you can be a bit more adventurous in your next album or something. I haven't listened to their old ones. I think their old ones are a bit more edgy. Or not edgy, Apparently but more their, like, their first album's great. Yeah, that's what yeah. the Discord was saying. But I only heard about them when Action came out. You should listen to Action, too. Yeah, but that's all I have to say about them. I like them, but... I think they're like, yeah, they're pretty commercial. Like, yeah. They are an act. Like, they're signed to Sony Music Japan, so they're, like, pure J-pop. But then Sub Pop mm-hmm. distributes them here. So, obviously, Sub Pop saw something in them. That's That, like, kind of expands beyond typical J-pop territory. And I think, yeah. it's, I mean, they're fucking adorable. I don't know. Summer. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> something for, for the girls to get ready. I mean, I'm we all know at... I didn't listen to St. Vincent, so <laughs> I listened to this instead. <laughs> 
See, that's, I feel like that's the main difference between Jay and Jay, Josh and Juan. It's like this summer I'll be listening to St. Vincent, this summer you'll be listening to Chai probably. <laughs> you think you'll be listening to St. Vincent? <laughs> to me, this is a summer album. Like To me, this is an album that I'm going to get stoned to and like mm-hmm. the guitars are so beachy to me for some reason. I'm talking in about Chai? In St. Vincent. Oh, in St. Vincent, okay. Yeah, um, so I think I will be. Interesting. I'm looking at the Sub Pop artists right now and they have Bob's Burgers. Excuse me? I don't love Sub Pop right now. I hadn't like checked for this label in a bit, but some of this is a very passe to me. The Postal mm. Service. Oh my God, not Postal. Yeah, Beach House. <laughs> Washed Out. Flight of the Concords. <laughs> Flight of the Concords? No, miss me with that one. Gay Shriek Alert. <laughs> <laughs> Flight of the Concords! Yeah, I, hate, I hate this fucking... <laughs> the shins. <laughs> no, you're joking. Not the actual shins. No, yeah. The actual oh. shins. <laughs> the physical shins. Not the shins. Okay, this is a bit... Sub pop needs... Maybe that's what they're trying to do with Chai, like revitalize a bit. This is like not even millennial. This is like Gen X music. You're totally right. Yeah. <laughs> we do like Wise Blood though. We stand. It strikes me that like a lot of the music we grew up with in like the Hype Machine blog era was actually... For Gen X. Yeah, probably, yeah. But they, like, own houses. <laughs> the thing with us specifically, though, is that we are late millennials. So we kind of grew up with what older millennials were. Like, my brother yeah. is 10 years older than me, and he's still a millennial. Right. And I do, I did grow up very much looking up to, because when you're young, you think older people are cooler, sort mm-hmm. of, when you're a teen. So I did, like, look up to what he was listening to and thought it was cool, but he's still a millennial. Whereas, like, the conflict now between us and Zoomers <laughs> is, like, I guess, the the lines are so arbitrary. Like, it's all fucking made up anyways. Who gives a fuck? It's pretty fucking arbitrary. Like, I know, it's, like, 100% arbitrary. The difference is, like, three years for me anyway. Oh, yeah, you're 94. Between millennial and 93. Oh, no, you're 93. Yeah. Wait, is it, ni- what's the cutoff, 96? I think it's still up for the bait, but I think it's something 96 to 98. 96? Oh, yeah, okay. Well, whatever. It's all bullshit. That's like, okay, Chai, I think Chai is hot. I mean, the better descriptor is cute, as we've said a thousand yeah, times, yeah, but yeah. they're also hot. Cute is like the new in between, <laughs> between hot and local. Um, let's move on, though. We have Jesse Ware, a fave, ugh, a fave of, the, of the pod, to obliterate. Uh, to obliterate, yeah. Which is funny, because I think we're both Jesse Ware fans at the end of the day. Well, that's the kind of twisted reality, isn't it? Yeah, we yeah. like Jessie Ware, but we're just constantly disappointed by her. She has a single called Please. We will be reviewing the single edit, which actually, in my opinion, cuts down on some of the best parts, which is like the minimal instrumentation of it all, mm-hmm. like the more minimal production moments mm-hmm. produced by the guy from uh, Simeon Mobile Disco. So, yeah, I I mean, I hate it. I hate <laughs> Please by Jessie Ware. <laughs> now... Do you feel the same way? I wouldn't say I hate it only because it's so harmless that even hating it is giving it too much. Okay. And that's even more scathing than hating, but it's not. I think that if you are historically a listener, you know by now that my main beef with what's your pleasure, which this is very much this is very much that, right? It's not it's not on what's your pleasure, but it's the same. Like I feel like yep. it's a companion piece. Is how harmless it is how and like i feel like i keep saying that but i'm very much a person who would rather listen to something that is like either terrible because it try to do a lot mm. or something that's amazing but something that is just so safe like police specifically is it really doesn't appeal to me at all it really puts me off when someone does this and i think the best i feel like i was struggling to put it into words but a friend of mine called josh <laughs> Described it perfectly when you tweeted. Jesse Ware dares to ask the question, what if we took club music out of the club and into the Whole Foods? There's that. That's period. On that so team. that got seven retweets on my alt, which is a record. Thank you. <laughs> um, zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, as I mentioned, I, I do like her doing dance music. Mm. But this song just, like, has no fucking chill. Like, the way it just launches into the chorus with, like, fucking gospel singers and, like, <laughs> it just, like, chill the fuck out. Like, it's so heavy-handed, you know what I mean? It flattens it completely. That's that's what I mean by Whole Foods. Like, it's just, it's not a club song, like, Overload that, like, can has a bit of, like, breathing and, like, mm-hmm. rhythm to it and, like, ebb and flow to it. It just, like, 
hits you over the head with her like shitty chorus sensibilities. Right. And I really think she has poor chorus sensibilities. Too, that's too, what too, I've decided. Too. Like that's when it falls apart. I'm listening to it's just note. too, it's like childish to me. Like it's just so <laughs> simplistic, you know? I think you're right. Especially because there's like a, a call in and yes. respond. <laughs> with herself. No that's less. very Dora the Explorer as we were joking earlier. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah, like none of the, elements of the chorus are like bad on their own but it's really heavy-handed like mm-hmm. to have everything together i mean it's called please so obviously there's some urgency to it but i just don't see it you know yeah, yeah. i'm not sold on it on the vision yeah and i think also another aspect another level to your critique of using whole foods is that i think it does feel like a bougification of club music to right, me yeah like it feels so much like taking club music that is always a bit of rougher on the edges or has some sort of like and then she just bougie-fies it for i always make the joke of like the april spritz in the summertime and just see where like rippling through the drink but that's what it is to me wait can you like what was the april thing i like vaguely remember you didn't that. Hear that crazy sentence that i just uttered <laughs> 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 no i once made a joke about like just like joking about like a type of person who's like and this is me very often but it's just like some like bougie white gay with a fashion hat sitting at a terrace in like Williamsburg drinking like a huge Aperol spritz and then the easy listening sort of like mid-tempo Jesse Ware plays at the bar mm. and then it like ripples through his uh, Aperol spritz drink and then he <laughs> takes a he takes a sip and then, <laughs> and then takes a picture of his food which is probably like I don't know to make that stupid joke, but like an avocado toast, you know? To me, it's just very like, it's bougie. And to me, there's nothing wrong, like nothing worse. There's a lot of wrong with bougie. There's nothing worse in music than it's being so aspirational to Mm. like sounding so like safe and so like Mm -hmm. what moms would listen to while they're grocery shopping at Whole Foods. That's my main beef with Jesse Ware. Also, she's a Zionist, but that's not part of it. Is that actually a fact? It could not be, but I heard it. It could <laughs> not here, be. It's, it's, it's hearsay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I the annoying thing is always is that I hear the edges peeking through mm-hmm. because of Simi Mobile Disco, especially in the song. Like, it's a very electronic production. The chorus is just, like, so forcefully organic that, like, yeah. I'm like, what are you trying to hide? Like, <laughs> it is for Whole Foods. It is for upscale grocery retail. Yeah, yeah. No, I just hate exactly. That. That's it. That's I just it. hate that's, that. That's period. That's period of it because I feel like I don't really like her melodies either. Like, there's a lot wrong with it, honestly, in my opinion. There's a trope now of like music commenters, and I think we do it often. But it's a funny thing. Like when you describe something as being bad, you're like, "This is something that we play at uh, Forever Twenty One," you know? Mm-hmm. And you and it's usually meant to meant to mean like generic pop music that just leaves no impression. Yes, and that is very tweeny. But there's also music for Whole Foods as well. There's music with an elevated palette of references for the people who line up for Whole Foods. Yes, like and that's what this is. Yeah, this is cause music. Cause, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's still it's still fast fashion, and it's still being manufactured by a kid in Bangladesh. Yes, just with an elevated palette. Yes, gospel singers for inclusivity. <laughs> Literally disembodied gospel singers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I hate it. It's terrorism. <laughs> <laughs> And then the visuals for this whole era to me has also been so like queer baiting and pandering. This uh, this video is a bunch of maybe I'm just assuming they're queers, but to me they look pretty queer. Like like Jesse Ware could cough and a fag would start dancing. Like <laughs> every time she releases anything on Twitter, it like blows up. It's like my hole when Jesse Ware drops a new single, and then it's like I don't know a peach. <laughs> Or like this, the SpongeBob like Stop. underwear ripped meme. I don't want to think of a peach, <laughs> a rotten peach. A call me by your name reference for the Whole Foods. Yeah. So the takeaways: Jesse, where listeners need to buy B- Bussy. What's the name of Azalea's soap? Bussy boy. Bussy boy. Yeah. <laughs> Give that Bussy a rest. And I do like Jesse, where and I love love her debut album. Love love mm-hmm. love it, but. It just doesn't hit the same way anymore because it's been a couple of, it's been almost a decade now where she's giving me this vibe. Not musically, the references are, this was, that was very R&B, this is very dense, but yes. the same upscale shopping vibes are still there. You're right. So. It was always kind of pointedly upscale, but I'll always go to bat for Tough Love, the album. Mm-hmm. I actually never listened to that one, actually. 
I'll always go to bat for it. If you so, like delete some of the singles, it's great. <laughs> Seems like I'm not, you know? I'm not that much of a of a fan if I've never listened to Tough Love. Well, the first album is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's always too much. It's always been too much. You know, like mm-hmm. the singles are always sickly sweet. Mm. Anyways. Anyways. Jessie, she does try. We do love her. I believe she's married to, um, let's find out. A, a hot guy. I ever saw pictures of him. Oh, not who I thought. Someone named Sam Burroughs. I thought she was married to um, a Radio 1 DJ, but I think that's Annie Mac. He's not the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, isn't Annie Mac also a BBC One Radio DJ? Annie Mac is, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay yeah. yeah, yeah, he's hot. To, to me, <laughs> he's hot. <laughs> I love that HRHN moment that you just had. He's like, to, to me, me, to me, <laughs> to me. <laughs> it's my opinion. Um, no, Jesse and Jesse Ware is bougie to us, <laughs> to us, <laughs> to us. And Jesse Ware is booked by Whole Foods. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. That's Jesse, Jessica Ware. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, Jessica. Her husband is so hot, though. Um, I'm just okay, looking at pictures on. of this. <laughs> <laughs> Juan has been so horny this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm. So next, next, what's up? I don't even know how to describe this song. There's so I many don't names. Know Can you please go ahead? There's so many names. <laughs> okay, song title, Hypnotic. <laughs> Artist, Paul Oakenfold, comma, Azealia Banks. Remixed by Benny Benassi. Okay, there we go. Imagine. <laughs> so, Hypnotic by Paul Oakenfold. Paul. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Hypnotic by Whole Oakenfold is actually like <laughs> years and years old. Okay. But this is like a a remix in like the rap sense with okay. Azealia Banks added to it. She was not okay. on it before. It was like a shitty male vocal, which still is carried over partially. It's like a shitty EDM male vocal. You know exactly the type. Mm-hmm. And Out of the Ambers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it is a Eurovision moment, actually. But with Azealia Banks, it transforms into something we haven't heard from her in a really long time. Totally. Really disorienting, um, but like, like basically a bop. Like she sounds pretty good, I guess. Maybe not. Maybe the beat's totally chewing her up. But <laughs> what do you? What do you think? No, I don't think. I think I agree with you. I think it sounds pretty good. I mean, to me, weirdly, maybe it was just the percussive, like the percussion of it, and then Azalea's voice. It reminded me a lot of how she came up with like the housey beats, mm-hmm. which isn't, this isn't house. I don't think you could describe this as house, but just the Azalea element and the percussion gave me that and i think she sounds really good with that i think she always will sound really good with um dance music beat i know i miss that obviously i miss that we need that from her and that's what got her not only famous but remember like 2018 sort of resurgence that she had with anna winter and Mm -hmm. i guess just anna winter is that people like that from her because she does it really well big big b yeah and she's also really good at like straight up rap i mean she's like one of the most virtuosic, virtuosic rappers out there, period mm-hmm. on that. And there's no discussion of that. I don't want you to hear discussing this. We're not discussing that. Yeah, It's yeah, a yeah. period. Mm-hmm. But she's also really good at this. So I really enjoy, I really enjoy this. This is one of the first Azalea releases in ages that have really gotten me hyped for her again. Music. I'm speaking. so shocked that that's true for me too. Yeah. It's a terrible song. Let's be clear. Like <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. And like the male singer ruins it. Like, yeah. it's almost ruined by this other guy on it. It is very local at the end of the day. It's so, I mean, it's so local. It's not even gay house. It's like fully straight house. It's, it's like fully, Beatport. Yeah. Beatport top 200. <laughs> not top 100. <laughs> I love Paul Oakenfold, though. And obviously, but, Benny Benassi And she rocks. queers it. Anytime Azalea hops it. on a track, she queers a track. And that's, that's yeah. the, no. Because, yeah, I'm looking at the, so listen, if maybe you're not familiar with Azalea's recent input, we're... Referencing songs like Nirvana, Six Flags, Mamma Mia, Black Madonna, all released since 2020. Oh my God, forgotten. Which Relics. exactly just have become forgotten. They're not bad songs because, as I said, Azalea is an amazing rapper, but they just don't have... No one moved, is what I'm trying to say. No mm. one moved for them. No one's going to move for this either just because of the, the male vocal. Like, yeah, you're right. It doesn't, it's not going to work in a gay club or even a normal club. It's not going to work anywhere. <laughs> and also, it's just like, it's an interesting time for Azalea Banks. I feel like... She's really coming up again in the discursive sphere. Mm-hmm. I feel like ever since she moved back to New York, she, not only is she looking gorgeous, she's looking so beautiful. She also reminded everyone that she is well-beloved in the New York scene. So she's yes. been being like jet-setting around and like, all oh, right. So a lot of 
her image when she was in Miami and LA really made her seem so lonely and like no one, like she was so out of touch with like the scene. Totally. She was just like taking mirror selfies, live streaming, cooking. Cooking, yeah. It was very California. Yeah. It was just suburban, really. Yeah, yeah. But now that she's back in New York, she like... It's exciting for me as like a fan yeah. of her, just period, her persona. She's like, she has like a place now. She's like, she has a setting, I feel like. She's not just floating in the world on Instagram no, Live. Exactly, like she's yeah. being seen with Leah from Real Housewives. Mm-hmm. She's being seen with a certain podcaster or maybe even two. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's happening. Like she's beloved by yeah. people creating, not art, but content. <laughs> like popular content creators. Yeah, I guess they are podcasters. So it's not art. Yeah. And for the house. That whole scene, and the house of, yeah. That whole scene sort of appreciates what's good about Azalea, which is this like irreverent voice who is mm-hmm. not politically correct. So I think it's a good place for her to be because they do mm-hmm. get what's good about her. So she doesn't have to try so hard to appease. Yes. Yeah. Finally, people understand her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's not like her gay stylist. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not like. It's not like an Erica Jane moment where they just like say yes to everything she says because they're hired mm-hmm. by her. She's Mikey. actually <laughs> Azalea's like finally surrounded by peers, by people who are like in in their respective fields, pretty well regarded. Yeah. So it's good to see her highly regarded, highly regarded <laughs> with Lourdes of Madonna fame. And I just want her to. I want her to like release an album that just like stops the world. I don't know. Please, yeah. please. The Big Big Beat did that for me. Yeah, you know? for yeah, for sure. It bit. just worked. I mean, even RuPaul lifted it, so it, it yeah. worked. Yeah. On Call Me Mother. <laughs> I just left that you know that. I'm shocked. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good song. Honestly, RuPaul <laughs> tore it. Call me mother. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Um, okay. Couple more songs before we go, listener. Hope you're loving loving it, loving life. Um, so do your last popper. <laughs> take Three, your two, one. If you're Italian, take your last bump of cocaine. I mean, clean the shards of glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't get that joke, go back to our first episode. Did we mention the glass in the first episode? I hope so. Maybe we didn't. Uh, did we? Fuck. I don't think we did. Yeah, now that I think about it, I don't think we did. Yeah. Okay, listener, if you're with us from the first episode, the Eurovision controversy was the Italian lead singer doing a line on camera by accident, but it turns out it was like a broken glass and he was mm-hmm. bending over to perhaps clean it. Really hard to say. I was telling Josh earlier, I don't believe it. Believe him just because there's nothing more rock and roll, which is his self-descriptor. Nothing more rock and roll than drugs. Mm-hmm. But I do then believe him because they. he was like, I'm going to do a drug test as soon as I land back in Italy. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess he could just get his brother's piss. Not to be horny. <laughs> I would like to see that Eurovision 2022 I would like to see it (laughs) I want to go to there (laughs) But yeah, I don't think I mean, I don't know Also, I mean, have you seen the footage? Who cleans the shirts of glasses like that? With their nose? Are you inhaling the shirts of glasses? Literally inhaling, yeah You're like a Hoover vacuum? No It doesn't happen Yeah It just doesn't happen It just doesn't happen But it also It's like He won, period Like, I don't give up Like, I don't want these French people pushing their Amelie bullshit because the, those yeah. are the people who are like trying to get him or trying to get Italy to mm-hmm. lose. It's mm-hmm. like people from other countries who are like second or third. Give him the award. He was being, he's just being himself. Don't be rude. Don't be maybe, rude. Maybe he has the prescription for it. You don't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> Horse tranquilizer. Okay, next song, Bleachers. Jack Antonoff even. Even. Now, Bleachers is Jack Antonoff and... Who? I was literally about to ask you that very question. The song is with another person. It's produced and written by Jack Antonoff and Patrick Berger, who's like a famous Swede. I believe he's worked with uh, Robin a lot. That's ringing a bell for me. Songs written by Patrick Berger. We've got Body of My Own by Charlie XCX, Boom Clap, um, some work with Ariel Pink, Carly Rae Jepsen, tons of stuff from Sucker, actually, Charlie. I love it. I kind of pop. Super love. Wow. Trophy. Okay. So it, it's a Charlie thing. It's not a Robin thing. Noted. Anyways, this song, Stop Making This Hurt, is by Bleachers. And what do we think? It's, what is it, like Rockabilly or something? Yeah, it's I don't like, even know what I'm It's kind of a to. new sound for for Jackie. Well, do you even know what Jackie sounds like? Like, do you, have you ever listened to a Bleacher song? 
May- maybe not. I don't think I it's have. been a while. I've listened to Fun Period, but not Bleachers, and not by choice. But I listened to that Fun Period with Janelle Monae because it was everywhere. This could be a Fun Period song. It could be, you know, yeah. like if it was staged as a comeback that way. Why yeah. not? Wait, what's it called again? Because it's like kind of it's kind of carefree. It's called "Stop Making This Hurt," right? Um, in which I guess the other person in the relationship is being evil, not Jack Antonoff. Really hard to believe. So Lena Dunham. I guess so. No, it's been a while. So yeah, Jack Antonoff is the good guy in this story, and it's interesting because the verses are quieter. Quieter than the chorus, which gets louder. Oh, yeah. And yeah, songs aren't usually mixed that way or mastered that way these days. Mm. And he probably mixed it himself because he's probably kind of like a, it's more old school. It's like, you know, not Steely Dan, but some shit like that. Some stuff. It does give give me Steely Dan a bit, actually. Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. So I like the dynamic, the dynamicness, the Mm -hmm. dynamicism of it. Dynamity? The dynamity, the dynamiciousness of it. <laughs> dynamiciousness. But it's not like I'll ever like relate to a kind of lovelorn man in a song. It's just not mm. not what I'm about. It's not going to work. Wait, you're not a man? You're not lovelorn? I'm not going to relate to a man <laughs> singing about that to me, which is actually a gay act. <laughs> I hated the... Um, there's like screams in this track. It's a bit like sing song, sing along. Yeah, I hated the like chorus of men again, men yeah. screaming with him. I don't screaming like together. Yeah, another gay act. And like the piano question mark element of it gives me car commercial. So I'm not loving it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's it's commercial for sure in yeah. general. Yeah. Um, although I don't think the lyrics like lend itself well to being <laughs> in an ad of any kind. So he kind of sabotaged himself there. True. Well, it's Is just it a like, breakup song. You're a fucking bitch. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like full incel. Van homicide. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, all men are like that. Yeah, specifically me. <laughs> so it's local. Thank you, bleachers. <laughs> we lost the plot for a bit. We're like, what? <laughs> Should we move on to Lana? Let's just do that. Speaking of Antonov. Actually, no. Nowhere to be found on this track for the first time since 2017, I think. And none of her three next tracks, right? We're talking Lana. She dropped three tracks at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, first one called Blue Bannisters, another one called Textbook, and another one called... Um, Wildflower. I, I, can't, I can't believe I don't know this, but yeah, I don't know. Wildflower. Wildflower, Wildflower Wildfire. Wildfire. Okay. Sure. <laughs> and yeah, Jack Antonoff, as Juan said, is nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some different sounds for her, maybe. Pretty different, I mean, yeah. Um, I enjoy that she's pushing herself to do different things. I am in my little um, Stan head. I'm speculating about Antonov's absence and Hmm. what this spells about the relationship. I wonder if they're just like done with each other. I don't think they fought, but maybe. Hmm. I do know that she mentioned when she was promoting Cock that it was a bit rushed because Jackie was busy with Folklore and Evermore and however many albums she was doing at the time, Taylor Swift. So I feel like in a way, Lana kind of just gave up and was like, I'm not going to be chasing after this guy. I can just produce with someone else. So for this track, she called upon someone called Gabriel something. I forget. I don't think he's, I don't think he's known for much other stuff. I don't know. Mm. And then Wildflower. Gabe Simon. Right. Do we know him? Do we? No, no, I don't. And then the other one, the last one is, was produced by Mike Dean, who is really famous mm-hmm. because he's produced a lot of hip hop with Kanye West and other shit like that. Um, Gabe Simon seems to be huge. Okay. <laughs> Dua Lipa. Oh, uh, yeah, fuck. I don't know any of... Weird. Weird, weird, weird. Oh, yeah, the last one, Wildfire, Wildfire is produced by Mike Dean. Doesn't mm-hmm. sound like a Mike Dean production at all. It's not very hip-hop, but Lana has a tendency to do this. Like, whoever she works with, it will always sound like an Alana, Lana Del Rey song. Is <laughs> the reason why I love her. Um, she has a very strong point of view. So yeah, it's an interesting direction. I'm like happy that she's like moving away from Jack Antonoff, but I, it does sound like this, the sort of folky sound that she started in NFR is just going to keep going for a bit. I think it's becoming more and more experimental and less and less melodic as mm. it tr- progresses. It's becoming much more poetry than it is music at times. I don't know if you found this to be the case too, but there's moments where like she is 
not even rhyming anymore. She's just kind of like not speaking mm. quiet, but she is singing. But it's there's no there's no clean melodies like NFR was. You know, I feel like early Lana and NFRs was very much about beer, very beautiful, easy to listen melodies. Here it gets a bit more like convoluted, for better and for worse. I think it's fun seeing her push herself to do this kind of stuff, but I do it loses some of the elements of beauty that Lana Del Rey music has always had for me. That being said, the song that we're discussing specifically, textbook specifically, someone in the Discord, I forget who, said that their brain couldn't compute textbook, and I kind of agreed. It's right. Something about textbook doesn't fit in my brain yet. Hopefully, after a few lessons, it'll restructure the chemicals in my brain for it to make sense. The tempo shift in the chorus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We talked about, we were talking, texting about how that song, textbook, has a slower chorus than the verse. Mm-hmm. But as I, I was mentioning, that's uh, something that Lana already did in West Coast, mm-hmm. which was like pretty like crazy at the time, I feel like. But West Coast, it works so beautifully. I mean, West Coast is like one of the best Lana tracks ever, I think. It's just so beautifully produced. And that chorus is so like, oh. For a textbook, doesn't hit the same way as, I don't know. There's something about textbook no. that, yeah, it just doesn't, it feels more Frank Castaigne, more like the pieces are there, but the transition between them is a bit more rough. Um, I think out of the three tracks, Blue Bannisters is my favorite just because it is the most like immediately gorgeous. Um, it's so immediate for me too. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the other ones will grow on me, but for sure Blue Bannisters was the one that grabbed me by the balls. Me too. Me too. Um, Wildflower, Wildfire to me just sounds like a like a normal kind of Lana album track in mm-hmm. that it doesn't look like anything to me. Like I just don't really take it in, you know, mm. just floats on by. But Blue Bannisters is amazing. She sounds so beautiful on it. Yeah. It is really, it's like, it does seem simple, like melodically. It's just kind of piano and that like ambient like thing that comes in. But it, it just takes me there. Like it really tugs at the heartstrings, you know? Totally. It really has that Lana thing of just like pulling you in. Beautiful. That ambient thing, I think, is something that is maybe a bit newer. I don't know. Yeah, this. this I think tra- so. Yeah, I think that's yeah. something that she's like sort of working with. But I think we both said it. I think we. I think we. I think we're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is less melodic. It's just like upfront, beautiful. It's not NFR, uh, but I think it's cool. I mean, she can experiment and do weird shit. Like for example, like um, in the chorus. This is, the chorus is really beautiful, and there's a moment where she's, she's like, Blue Bannisters, oh, said he'd fix my weather bane, give me children, take the, my pain away. And then I thought in my brain, who's my brain that is already so consumed by pop music, I thought she was going to keep rhyming that or keep mm. building on to that rhyme. And my brain is so desperate for it to complete that because it's just mm. what it's used to. But then she says, I'm paying my, my bannisters blue, and then my yeah. bannisters blue is just... It was very left field. I was not expecting where the song was, not what I was expecting the song, specifically the chorus to go to. And I think that sort of like left turn that I wasn't expecting is how I would describe all of these three songs. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of moments where mm. I'm like, you're no longer really doing melodies and rhyming as much. You're more more interesting, like the poetry of it all. Right. And it makes sense because she did just do that audiobook. So maybe she's like influenced by that vibe a bit. I, I hear that for sure on Blue Bannisters. I could see that being part of the Audible audiobook. <laughs> I love I love that audiobook actually, and I love Blue Bannisters. Yeah. Um, Blue Bannisters I too. like the I like the chorus of textbook though. Did it sound like anything to you? Because mm. I had a vague like moment of thinking it might be sounding like something. It does sound way more. I think it's the percussion way more born this not born this mm. way. Phil, oh kill God. me for saying born this way. Just murder <laughs> me right now. <laughs> crazy uh, born to die i think jack said that said so in discord and i also hear it i think it's the more it has that element i guess a bit but yeah i don't know i heard lord in textbook t and then Oof. i was like thinking harder and i was like team team oh. by lord like this i don't know it's the thing where like you think you've got it and then when you actually listen to the song side by side they sound nothing alike but I had a moment of listening to textbook where I was like, this chorus kind of sounds like Team by Lord. Or maybe another Lord song. It's hard to say. It's been a while, but. I do hear because of the 
the soaring element mixed with the percussion is still in my in my Lana brain. It's very boring to die, but it does sound more Lordian in that it sounds like Olivia Rodrigo's driver license. And this is not not shade. It has that element of like Lordian music that is very like I don't know how to describe it. Lana's music has always been really tragic, and Lords has always been more like sad, but not as tragic. And this mm-hmm. one has I don't know. I'm not I'm just talking circles now, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, I hear it a bit. But yeah, the 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 cringe lyric also, I don't know, where she's like screaming Black Lives Matter. Oh my god. Yeah. I don't I don't know. That doesn't suit right with me. <laughs> Is that in textbook? Must yeah, it's in textbook, yeah. Just because it's I mean, it's so obviously in reference to the, her past controversies and I'm I'm just like just don't bring it into the music. It doesn't really need to be there. It really brings you back down to earth, yeah. <laughs> Um, thoughts on the cover art, the trio of cover arts for these singles. That is probably my favorite part about this whole thing. <laughs> so it's the same, like, it's the same, like, selfie, really close up filtered yeah. selfie of her looking a bit like a duck, you know? <laughs> the lips. Her eyes are really, like, she's not really, she's not present, really. There's something going on there, yeah. yeah. Definitely fresh Botox, too. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's, like, this kind of scratchy, hand-drawn border type thing in each one but each one's filtered differently with different colors so the main difference is the filter yeah the only difference is the filter and the blue banisters one is like how do i even explain like it's cropped wrong yeah you cut the graphic design error (laughs) like it's a full graphic design error like the photograph is offset incorrectly it's like less of her forehead is showing you know it's like and more of like the white border at the bottom and the left like side. It's, if it was like a transparent PNG, it would be black. Yeah, it was like just empty canvas space is what that is. <laughs> uh, so that's cool. Uh, yet another artistic endeavor and decision <laughs> yeah, when, from our when, mom. When Joshi first pointed this out, I said that it was a conscious decision <laughs> by Lana Lillard, but it definitely wasn't. It does definitely seem like a... I mean... How do you? I mean, if she, if she doesn't change it, then it's conscious, you know. Like, <laughs> how long do you think it took her to do the the visuals for these three singles? Like, literally, or she was in her car at ten minutes, just like, okay, I'm sending this. Literally. Um, do I think that my joke on Discord about her purposefully doing this to anger the fans is true? I don't know, but there's an element of her for sure. She's seen that stuff. She's a she's, troll, and she's commented on people commenting on the ugly. Um, covers that have been coming since Let Me Love You Like a Woman. She's definitely yeah. said something about it. Especially Let Me Love You Like a Woman. She was like, oh, actually, this was made by a very beautiful artist. So she was like, yeah. hurt. So there's definitely a conscious element. I don't know if she's joking. I don't know if she's like just plain angry at us. But there's definitely <laughs> a bit of like fan interaction going on with that decision for sure. And you're right. She is a bit of a troll. So I think that's why I think it's really funny. And like, I kind of love it that she did that. It's it's hilarious. Um, what was the Urban Outfitters exclusive vinyl that had like just a bunch of her friends sitting on rocks? Yeah, yeah, what was that? that? Yeah, Juan <laughs> like did the hand motion. So anything is what it's called. Yeah, that was, Which was that? the that was Norman fucking Rockwell. I'm pretty sure. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Oh my god! What the hell? And like her sister took it. That was the photo. That was going to be the cover until her team told her, "I'm sorry, Lana, but you're gonna have to do a new one." Thank God, because yeah. the one that was eventually picked is just like so fucking glam and hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Like the taste is just so much higher. You mean the one in the boat? The one on the boat, like gripping the guy's waist. I love that cover. It's so this, stupid. This like fugly Brit or whatever. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> he's actually, he does look really Brit, but he's actually the grandson of Jack Nicholson, the actor. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. But he does look Brit actually. He looks like Arctic Monkeys vibes. So, yes. Yeah. Maybe it's like the lack of haircut, you know? Just it like literally is that. The hair just existing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the scowl, too. That's funny. And she looks amazing on that. Wow. Now I'm just looking at Norman fucking Rockwell. And I do think she looks really pretty in this one, too. Maybe that's what she kept she kept using. It. She was like, I look pretty here. I might as well just keep it. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't know what else there is to say. This, all of these singles are supposed to be on an album called Blue Banisters and who that is coming out in June, July, I forget, uh, July 4th, mm-hmm. very shortly after Cock. She at some point said that she's going to have a revenge album. I think the details are still not clear on whether Blue Banisters is a revenge album or if it's Rock Candy Sweet or if revenge they're both album? the same. Yeah, or if they're both the same. 
at some point this year, she got mad at that specific, remember that review that went viral that was like, oh, of course. Lana doesn't address gentrification in Brooklyn, baby. Um, right. And then she like posted literally that excerpt that everyone was making fun of. That's why I know she's constantly on Twitter. Yeah. She posted that bit and was like, my next album is going to like, I don't know. She said the word revenge. I don't remember specifically what she said, but she sort of was like pissed. I mean, she's been pissed all 2021. Yeah. But I don't know. The music doesn't sound pissed to me, honestly. It sounds no. pretty serene. Gorgeous. Yeah. But she is lurking for sure. She definitely yeah. has a, like a profile pictureless account. Yeah. Who do you think? We should speculate. It's she probably Fred. follows like body of my own, like Charlie XCX stands and just like <laughs> Marina. And, like. I think it's maybe Brett. Maybe Brett, like um, Backwoods Barbie is secretly Lana. <laughs> oh, Brett, yeah. He's always joking that he, they're twins. That so could be Lana herself. That would be so funny. It's definitely not Brett. Um, Psyop. <laughs> it's vitamin intake. Yeah, it's vitamin intake. It's Josh Core Zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to close with any mentions or anything or just call it a day? Yeah, we can mention some other things that came out. Um, but then we have to go, listener. Yeah, pretty late. Oh my we God, have been recording. We've been recording now. Been. We had Katy Perry release a song towards us. <laughs> She she called it electric. She hurled a a single. Um, It's based on like a Pokemon, what movie? Video game? Who knows at this point? We're not sure. Pokemon the series, musical the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but yeah, it has Pikachu. There's a really hilarious music video in which Pikachu makes a front and center appearance. He's a queen. He's the Raising the bar for us all. Very cute. (laughs) (laughs) Raising the bar. (laughs) I don't know why Katie's doing this. Honestly, I love Katie now. I feel like the table, I know the tables were like, after Witness, she's done really iconic tracks, but no one is paying attention to them. Yeah. So uh, now that she's doing this, I'm like, honestly, Queen, you do that. You get that paycheck. You do whatever soundtrack you need to do. I don't give a fuck because you gave me Harleys in Hawaii and that's all you need Yes, she can do no wrong for me. Girl, you have done it again. <laughs> it is pretty hilarious. And probably in the long term, it's like a bit sad to see where she's yeah. <laughs> You're thinking about it too hard. You don't even yeah. have to listen to the song to know it fucking rocks. <laughs> I've never heard it and I, I won't. Yeah, me either. I won't. I have a few. <laughs> Pika did that. <laughs> Not Pika. Um, Busy Faye released an, a song called Move, Body Move, which we loved, or not, but we really, we really liked. But It's a bop, yeah. We didn't have much to say other than it's a bop, so yeah, just go listen to it. Stan Dizzy Faye. Stan Dizzy Faye, Stan Jimothy Lacoste. He has some mm. um, house music out, a little EP. I like to describe a vibe. He used to always say life is getting quite exciting in every song, kind of like his Tovlo tag, like right. his uh-oh. Instead, he says life is getting quite exciting. Now he just yells, excite. Oh, it's already exciting. So it's it's exciting currently, yeah. It got exciting, yeah. Or maybe he's exciting something. Who knows? It's hard to say. <laughs> I can't wait for his, like, depressive era where life used to be so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Previously excited. But yeah, clearly um, aligns nicely with like the opening up of the UK mm-hmm. and even other places. So yeah, it's kind of nice. It's pretty stupid, but it's it has its moments. Um, I, my favorite lyric is, it's like, I like my women feminine, femininity. Who likes that? Yes, Jimothy. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he fucking, he's rapping for a second there. Like instead True. of just doing his like Lana Del Rey audiobook <laughs> voice, he's fully like, he's spitting for even one second. I love that. I love that's, yeah, very, it's that's very lobotomy, very us, very yes. gay group chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, another song that came out during our, not a hiatus, but just because we've been recording other episodes, something that made number one was Save Your Tears with Ariana Grande, mm. which was just so nothing, like literally the same shit, just yeah. put Ariana in the, the top, surely made it to number one. I think mm-hmm. it like, I think The weekend kept breaking records, was like, I don't know, or that album yeah. Just having so many number ones. So great for him, I there, guess. There was an article in Box or something about how 
about how Blinding Lights is just so fucking big and like streaming so well on radio mm-hmm. so long that none of his other singles have been hitting at all. Right, right, right. Like In Your Eyes comparatively flopped, mm-hmm. um, implying that Save Your Tears with Ariana kind of finally cut through a little bit and I guess maybe went number one. But Blinding Lights has two billion plays, so. You sent that to me and it was kind of like, yeah, we recognize that. It was such a gimmick just to get him to number one, but also it's like the only way that he can get to number one because he's an obstacle to himself. Yes. Very much a emancipation of me, me, where we belong together, blocked, shake it off for weeks and shake oh it off God. could never become number one, but it was number two for like ages or something like that. I forget. Wow. And shake it off is such a good song. So fucking good. Fuck. Oh wait, Mariah. Yeah. Mariah. Okay. Yeah. The emancipation of me, me as an album is like, just wow. Just fucking yeah. wow. You know what? I could use a, a, a play of that this weekend. I'm going to do that. Um, I think that's it. Where we have um, Lady Blood A release something with Charlie. Lady. <laughs> oh, yeah. Charlie hopped on a remix of Drama. She mentions like taking her guy out to slaughter, which I guess means fuck him to death. No. Oh. Gruesome. Is gruesome stuff. British? Is that British for fucking? Definitely not. <laughs> Charlie's just like losing it a bit, I think. Yeah. She posted today that she her next album is going to sound a lot like True Romance. Huh, okay, yeah. yeah. She posted a text of her and Ariel, I forget the last name, yeah. Yeah. Saying, Ever. do you want to write some, song together, some songs together in June? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. She also said, um, this next one's for the True Romance fans. Mm-hmm. And then someone was like, what about Sucker fans? And she was like, not quite, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so me, the Sucker stan, will have to wait. <laughs> I'm, I'm a True Romance stan, so... Okay, like the pod is divided. Mm-hmm. Well, really, I'm a pop two stand, but from early, yes. yeah. Ooh, oh, <laughs> what was that? Um, yeah, a bunch of stuff came out recently. Like Miley Cyrus hopped on a Kid Leroy remix mm-hmm. or song, just like a I don't know Gen Z guy. <laughs> Interesting that the the pop girls of yore are um, hopping on these like sad boys yeah. songs you know that's what's happening that's that's the news <laughs> cupcake released a song called mosh pit which is a bit different from what the show that cupcake has been releasing recently and it's pretty good we liked it a bit better than a lot of her recent stuff she really has not been surprising in a while i think that's it for me though there's so much stuff that came out but i'm not going to mention it all yeah tons more um but that's fine we will obviously put out a playlist with some of those mentions and everything we discussed. And listener, that's that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And we love you. And subscribe to your Patreon. And lastly, we'll see you soon. See you soon. Thanks, folks. <laughs>